0: that a good picture of kind of how we we want to serve. Uh, We want to kind of help people out, but when it comes to it, it gets a little difficult. And do we really want to make the sacrifice it is to serve? And, And there's so many different opportunities for us to serve throughout the day. But we're just, I mean, I'll just speak for myself. By nature, I'm just a selfish person. I'm typically thinking about how can people serve me Instead of how can I serve others? And maybe you feel the same way. Well, we're going to look at Jesus, who is the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the Son of God. He's God in the flesh. And you look at Jesus. He comes down from heaven to earth. And on this this night, the last night that he's going to be on this earth, he's going to be with his disciples. He's going to be in this upper room, and they're going to get together. And Jesus is going to serve them. And so uh, what I wanna do is over the next course of the next 30 minutes or so, I wanna be able to give you five different ways that you can serve like Jesus. And, and through this series, you're gonna hear me say this statement, you're never more like Jesus. And this is what I would say today. You're never more like Jesus than when you serve. You're never more like Jesus than when you serve. And so I'm gonna go ahead and read John chapter 13 in its entirety, if you have a Bible, you can open up to John chapter 13 if it's on your phone, whatever, um, or you can follow along with me on the screen. It was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. "'When he had finished washing their feet, "'he put on his clothes and returned to his place. "'Do you understand what I've done for you?' "'he asked them. "'You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, "'for that is what I am. "'Now I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. "'You also should wash one another's feet. "'I have set you an example that you should do "'as I have done for you. "'I tell you the truth, "'no servant is greater than his master, "'nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him.' Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And so let's, uh, let's pray together. Father, as we open up your word that you would speak to us, Lord, that the, the words would jump off the page and your spirit would open our hearts to understand, God, what you want us to do. Lord, how you want us to become more like you. And so, Lord, would you speak to us this morning and, and you would be glorified through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so as we, we go into the, the first way that we can serve like Jesus, the very first way is that we serve sacrificially, serve sacrificially. Oftentimes in our culture, when we serve, we have a motive behind that that says, well, I'm going to serve you, and I'm hoping that somewhere in the future, you're going to serve me. If I scratch your back, you'll scratch my back, Right? And we kind of play this game where it's, it's, it's a fairness game. Like, I'm going to serve, but I'm expecting something in return. Maybe you serve, and there's a strategic thinking in your head that, hey, this is going to really help me. It's going to boost my career, or it's going to boost this relationship with this group of people that I hang out with. And so we have these motives. Jesus didn't have those motives when he served. In fact, his motive was love. In, in verse... Uh, One, it was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come. What was the hour that had come? He was going to a cross. This was the last 24 hours of his life. And it was uh, for his hour to come, for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Uh, Another way to put that is he loved them to the full extent. He loves his disciples. They're up in the upper room and they're arguing over probably who's the greatest. And they've all got dirty feet. No one wants to wash feet. And there he is, the one one who should have had his feet washed. Jesus was the only one worthy to have his feet washed in that room. He's the son of God. God in the flesh came to this earth. To, to, to show who God is, to save people from their sins. And here he is on the last night of his life. Think about that. If you knew you had 24 hours to live, what would you be thinking? Well, man, I, I, wanna, I wanna have the, the best meal I can ever eat. I, I want to Maybe I'll watch something for entertainment. You're probably gonna wanna spend, though, time with your closest friends, and that's exactly what Jesus is doing. He's spending time with the people closest to him. But he's not looking to be served. He's looking to serve others. It's sacrificial. See, serving is is a sacrificial thing. Love is sacrifice. And when Jesus goes to the cross, he's going to um, display the ultimate level of sacrifice through giving his life for you and I. And so when we have this attitude of serving that we can serve sacrificially we no longer want to be thinking about oh how is this going to benefit me no now that we've been filled with the love of God and we understand how much he loves us now we can freely serve others and so that's where you just go okay I'm I'm going to serve this homeless person that has they can offer me nothing I'll never get anything out of it other than the fact that I know that I was obedient to God and that I was doing the right thing and I was helping another human being. You know, when you uh, guys, when you come home and you you serve. I remember when I was younger and I would get home and uh, from a long day at work and my wife and I at that point, we had three kids under the age of five and I think at one point maybe were two two of them in diapers at the same time. Yeah, there was two in diapers at the same time, right? So you talk about serving sacrificially as a a husband. You know what my foot washing was? Go change a diaper, right? Like guys, if you got a young family, you know the way you can serve your wife and serve your, your family? Go change diapers. And so I remember though I'd come home and My wife was exhausted, and I didn't really know that because I was kind of wrapped up in myself, and I would do something around the house. I would go, and I would clean the dishes, and I would spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes doing all the dishes, and then there was this part of me that was like, I want you just to lay the red carpet out for me right now. I want you to tell me how great I was, and my wife's like, I've been home with three kids all day, changing diapers, hearing crying babies, like... Are you kidding me? But like, I, that, that was just my attitude. And maybe that's your attitude sometimes too. And Jesus says, no, that's not the attitude. The attitude is we, we have a, a sacrificial heart to serve and to love others. And he, he modeled that for us. Maybe for you, you just listen to a person that's grieving somebody that's going through something difficult and you just go, I'm gonna sit here. I'm not going to offer any advice. I'm going to wash your feet through just listening and crying with you and sympathizing with your pain. There's so many different ways, and I don't want anything in return. I'm just going to love you as a friend. And that's what Jesus does. He, he loves them to the full extent. In fact, in Matthew 23, 11, it says, the greatest among you will be your servant. That's what Jesus said. You see, because... Because the disciples, they were always, you know, it's like you see them on the road and they're talking and they're arguing over who's the greatest. You know the story in the, in the Gospels? And they're going, hey, I'm, I'm the greatest. You know, Peter's over here and he's fighting. No, I'm the best, you know. And they're just, they have this competitive attitude. And Jesus says, no, the greatest among you is the one that serves. And so serve sacrificially. The second attitude in serving is to serve humbly. Serve humbly. John chapter 13, verses three through five. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Now, if I'm writing this story, if I'm writing the Bible, I'm thinking, okay, so all the disciples came around him and served him and, and fed him grapes and gave him a fan and, rela- and just gave him a, a massage That's not exactly what the Bible says, and that's not how God thinks. In fact, it's verse four. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. Verse five, after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. So Jesus, so they they all go to this upper room, and they're gonna have their last meal together, and Jesus is gonna do all this teaching. Now, it was customary in that day That when people would come to a home, uh, the disciples and people in that day, they didn't have Nikes. They didn't wear shoes. They wore sandals. And they didn't have paved roads like we have. They had dirt roads. And so they didn't have cars. They didn't drive. But they walked everywhere they went. And so they would walk on these dirty, dusty roads all day long. And so when people would come into a house, their feet were caked with mud. They were dirty. They had dirt under the toenails. I don't want to get too descriptive, but they just, it was nasty. And so they would go into the home. And they would have, there was a servant that would be part of that home. And see, foot washing was designated for the lowest of servants. And so when all of the disciples are there, in three and a half years of ministry with Jesus, they they still didn't get it. Man, you're called to serve, and so Jesus, in this very humbling, humble way, he takes out his off his outer garment and wraps a towel, and he pours water into a basin, and I just can imagine the disciples in that moment when they actually see him. do. Did they just freeze because they go, what is going on right now? And you could hear a pin drop in the room. I imagine you're having to... Jesus maybe had to pick some of the jaws off the ground to see that the son of God is the one who's gonna take the, the position of a lowly servant to serve them. And he gives them this example to serve humbly, to serve humbly. Philippians chapter two, verses five through seven says, your attitude should be the same that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not demand and cling To his rights as God. He made himself nothing. He took the humble position of a slave and appeared in human form. And in human form, he obediently humbled himself even further by dying a criminal's death on a cross. He says all of us should have the same attitude that Jesus, who didn't cling to his rights as God, but he went and he served others. And so, what does that look like? for you. Well, here's what it doesn't look like. If you are going to serve, by the way, you do not have to write a hashtag on your Instagram that says "honor to serve, right? That's exactly the point. Like, hey, we're going to go serve. And I really want people to give me the likes and make some comments and tell me how good I am and stuff. And so we don't have to do that. In fact, we can just serve humbly. We don't have to tell anybody that we're serving. We can actually do something and not even tell a soul. Why? Because God sees it. And God will reward it. And God knows that you're obedient. And, and, and so we don't have to, so hey, I don't have to tell my wife that I washed the dishes. She'll find out. I'm just kidding. Um, I don't have to go around listing all the things that I've done. You know? Um, and so husbands, serve your wives humbly. Wives, serve your husbands humbly. Teenagers, what if you were just to clean your room and not even be asked by your mom or dad? You say, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna clean my room. Not only that, I'm gonna take the trash. My, somebody took the trash out in our house and, and it wasn't me this week. I'm not even kidding. I told my wife, I go, this is wild. We have a We have a text thread, I'm like, um, who the, took the trash out? They probably thought they were in trouble, right? And um, I found out it was my son. I was like, dude, awesome job, man. I'm so happy to see that. He just, t- he saw that the trash was overflowing and he took it out. You walk into a room and you just go, what needs to get done here? You just have that kind of, not, not how can I be served, but how can I serve and how can I help someone else? You know, maybe for you, you look at somebody that's really struggling and they're having a hard time with life and you're at a grocery store and you're in line and you look behind you and there's a mom with some kids and the kids crying and she's got a full basket and you go, you know what? You can go ahead of me. It's more important that you, you get home than I do right now. And you just start to think about others, just like Jesus did. And you serve humbly. And so you serve sacrificially and you serve humbly. And, and so those are, the t- those are the first kind of attitudes in how you serve like Jesus. Now Jesus is going to get kind of practical in terms of who do you serve? And, and, and what does this look like practically? And the third thing is, is if we want to serve like Jesus, then we serve difficult people. Difficult people, we all have difficult people in our lives. We call them extra grace required. These are people at your work that maybe annoy you, uh, a family member that you're just kind of like, oh, when are you ever going to get it right? You know, and it just, you just have this attitude. And Jesus is going to show us how he serves even difficult people. In fact, in verse six, it says, he came to Simon Peter. One of Jesus' 12 disciples, probably the main disciple. And if you know anything about Peter, Peter was constantly putting his foot in his mouth. He was very impulsive. He was, oftentimes, he was even telling Jesus what not to do. I mean, he's like, can you imagine? Like, I'm gonna go to God and say, God, don't do this. I know better than you. Well, this is what he's gonna say. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. (laughs) Can you, I mean, just stop here for a second. Jesus has been with Peter. Peter's been with Jesus for three and a half years. That was his rabbi. Not only his rabbi, but we find in Matthew that Peter's the one that exclaims, you are the Messiah, the son of God, the one we've been waiting for. Peter proclaims and knows that Jesus is God. He's the long-awaited Messiah. Peter has left his fishing boat. He's left everything to follow Jesus. And so he sees Jesus healing. He sees Jesus forgiving. He hears Jesus' teaching. He sees Jesus' example that he's giving. And so he knows without a shadow of a doubt. And still, Peter's gonna tell Jesus, no, no. But it's interesting, because I I just can relate to Peter sometimes. I've been following Jesus for a long time. And there's moments when I go, what what was I thinking? Why did I? And and you're going to just see that Jesus is so patient with Peter, so loving with Peter. And he's going to gently correct him in this moment. And so he says, Peter says, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you. You have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And so here you have Peter. It's funny, he flips a switch. Once he, he's corrected, he humbles himself in that moment. And he says, Jesus, not only my feet, then just give me a sponge bath, Jesus. Let's get, this, let's get me cleaned up. And um, it's kind of funny because Jesus answered Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that is why he said not everyone was clean. And so I love that, you know, Peter says, hey, then wash my head and my feet and my hands and everything. And like, Jesus is like, hold up there, Peter. (laughs) I'm just washing your feet right now. But he says, you're clean. Why was Peter clean? Peter was clean because he was in Christ, He had a relationship with Christ. He knew Jesus. And he knew that Jesus was gonna go to the cross. And it's because of Jesus' death on the cross that all of us can be clean. And so he knows that he's clean. Now, um, Peter brings up kind of an interesting thing about washing our feet um, and people serving. And I don't know about you, but Peter has this kind of humility, but it's mixed with pride. And I know this just from personal experience, uh, I've been a pastor now since I was 24, a, a, a full-time ministry. I was a youth pastor for 15 years, been a lead pastor for 10 years. So I've been in full-time ministry for most of my adult life. And, and part of being in ministry is you serve. You serve people, you love people, you want to share the good news with people. And so um, oftentimes, pastors and ministers, they don't, they don't receive Love well. They don't receive people helping them out. And there's and and I remember when we lost our house in the fires. And I just remember that we were, my wife and I were in a position, Elissa and I were in a position where, man, we we need help. And it's humbling to be in a position where people would wash our feet. But we had to kind of lay down that pride. There was this pride that I had in me. I was like, wait, wait, wait a second, you can't wash my feet. I'm supposed to wash your feet. And God just gently corrected me and said, no, this is a season of your life where you're gonna need someone to wash your feet. And people did. And they, they, they bought my kids clothes. And they bought my kids shoes when they didn't have any shoes or clothes. And they bought us some groceries. And they, they came and they, they, they gave us some gift cards because we just, we needed to go to Target to buy underwear, right? Like, it's like, you, you just, we didn't have anything. And so to have somebody come along and serve us was so humbling but once we experienced that it was like oh thank you God for your grace and for some of you maybe you just need to allow others to serve you sometimes and you're always in a position of serving and so serve those that are difficult to serve who are those difficult people in your life Is it a coworker, a family member, uh, maybe a son or a daughter? Is it a a neighbor? But somebody who's a little bit more difficult and you say, you know what, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to love you even though you're difficult. And I'm going to be willing to allow myself to be served if God is is calling me into that. And so, so verse 11, go to verse 11 for me for a second. Um, verse 11, Jesus says, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that is why he said, not every one of you is clean. And this is a part of the story, you guys, where uh, I'll be really honest. It's it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Uh, I know intellectually what Jesus is saying. And I know that as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, I want to obey this part of it but there's an emotional side to me and there's a justice side to me and there's a fairness side to me that says, Jesus, what you are about to do is not fair. And what you're calling me to do doesn't seem fair in my humanness. But what we're gonna find is that Jesus is going to call uh, call us and he's going to model for us serving our enemies. And that's the fourth thing. The fourth way we can serve like Jesus Serve your enemy. Verse 12, circle this, underline it, highlight it. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. I want you to picture with me for a second here. So Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. And he gets to Nathaniel, and he gets to James, and he gets to Andrew, and he's washing their feet, and he's there and he again, and then he gets to Peter, right? And Peter's giving him some resistance, but it's like Peter's a extra grace required, but I'm going to correct him in this moment. And Peter, by the way, is the one that says I will never deny you, Jesus, and he's going to go off and he's going to deny Jesus, right? And Jesus knows this, and so he's going to wash Peter's feet, but then he gets to the feet and he looks up into the eyes of the one who's going to betray him just hours later the one who's going to sell Jesus into the hands of the Romans and to the, into the Jewish leaders, he's gonna sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He's gonna look into this guy's eyes and he's gonna look, the, the, look at the feet of Judas. And, and this is the one that's really hard for me, guys, because uh, G, Judas, I, I, if I were Jesus, Let me just kind of say, if I were Jesus, I don't know what I would have done with those feet. Probably would have put a little bit more dirt on them, to be honest, because you're going to go and do something very dirty. You're going to betray the Son of God. I don't know what I would have done, but here you have Jesus taking the the humble role of a servant, and he washes the feet of Judas spotless, the very feet that are going to go betray him. And I look at that and I go, Jesus. In fact, Jesus told us in Matthew chapter five, he says, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But what did Jesus say? He said, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. I think that this is something that sets Christianity apart from any other religion. Not only only that, you know, you have other religions and there's, there's the pacifist, and we're just not gonna fight back. But what we have here is Jesus actually being assertive and serving his enemy. And so maybe for you, you've got somebody in your life that has abused you, betrayed you, abandoned you, and it is absolutely not fair. And I don't know if Jesus is saying, seek those people out necessarily, but if you are put in a position to either get revenge or serve them, Jesus is saying, I need you to love them. I need you to serve them. What does that look like in your life? Maybe it's an ex, somebody who betrayed you, and you gave them your heart and built that trust in all of those years, and then they just left. And you decide, I'm gonna serve you by forgiving you. I'm not gonna allow this bitterness to hold on into my heart any longer. Uh, Maybe for someone else, you know what an enemy might look like in our day? the polarization of politics, and I'm on this side, and you're on this side, and I, I hate you, and I hate you, and we don't, we don't get along, and you know, you know what? I, if given the opportunity, I'm going to serve somebody with a different political mindset. Can you imagine that? If we looked at people who were hurting and and yeah and you run into this guy and he's he's addicted to drugs and his life is a mess and yeah he's made those decisions but you decide you've got the love of Christ in you and given the opportunity you would wash the feet of that guy who's addicted to drugs do you think that we're going to get a little farther we're going to see the kingdom expand and lives change by judging them and and and, and heaping more shame no We are going to see the love of Christ through us and see the love of Christ in their hearts when we serve them. And what God does is he does the possible. See, we do the, I mean, he does the impossible. We do the possible. We do the serving and we do the obedience part and then God will come in and he'll change a life. He'll he'll bring that person into a relationship with him and move them in a direction of becoming more like him. I love what Max Lucado has to say about this. He says, stop and think for a minute. Don't we have some people like the disciples in our world? Double-tongued promise breakers, fair-weather friends. What they said and what they did are two different things. Oh, maybe they didn't leave you alone on the cross, but maybe they left you alone with the bills, or your questions, Or your illness, or maybe you were just left at the altar or in the cold holding the bag. Vows forgotten, contract abandoned. Logic says, put up your fist. Jesus says, fill up the basin. Logic says, bloody his nose. Jesus says, wash his feet. Logic says, she doesn't deserve it. Jesus says, you're right, but you don't either and Jesus washes our feet. This was the the model for the early church. If you notice, there's this theme in the early church in Acts chapter 2 that the people's good deeds led to goodwill that led to the good news. When the people, the outside world saw people serving each other, loving each other, washing each other's feet, that what happened with that is that there was goodwill, there was an openness to the gospel, and then what happened? People came to Christ. And so here's the deal. I'm not asking you to agree with people when you're washing their feet. I'm not asking you to to, to take on their values and their mindset or whatever the case is, but what I'm saying is that Jesus washed feet and we're just and and it is irrational and it doesn't make sense but you know what god's ways are much higher than our ways and his thoughts much higher than our thoughts and so as we submit to him and surrender to him he will give us even the power through his holy spirit to serve even our enemies now the last thing that uh if we want to serve like Jesus, is to serve expectantly. It's kind of funny because I started the whole message out, right, by saying serve sacrificially, so you're not serving to get anything in return. But today, I'm, 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 I'm saying two different things, but they're, they're very similar. For, Jesus says, serve expectantly. Verse 15, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, No servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Verse 17, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. He's making this lesser to greater argument. or greater to lesser argument. He's saying, I'm your master, I'm your Lord, and I serve, therefore you should serve one another and he's giving them an example. He says, what? You'll be blessed if you do it. Nike never, they didn't coin just do it. Jesus got that way before Nike did. He says, get out there and live your faith out. It's not how much you know. It's not that, it's not even for me that I can study a passage in John chapter 13 and go, Wow, look it, he knows that verse really well. No, it's about actually living out and day-to-day in your application of your life serving other people. And so we're to serve expectantly knowing that God's going to bless us in return. I can't tell you how many times I've served someone and I actually got the reward. I remember going on a mission trip years ago to Juarez. And at that point in Juarez, Mexico, it was like the murder capital of the world. And I remember these—we went to a an orphanage, and um, we these kids—they barely had anything. We brought some coloring crayons, and we brought a few toys. And I just remember our whole time was just there to interact with these kids that didn't have parents. And I I remember uh, at one point. Um, I had about nine kids on my back. I was on all fours and they were wrestling with me and these guys, these, these young boys and they were being kind of roughhousing and I, I was like trying to like hold on with all, and it was just, they are laughing and they're falling off me and I'm laughing and I'm exhausted and it was just this time and I'm looking at these kids and I'm going, look at they have so little, but yet they're filled with so much joy and it gave me perspective I never would have known if I hadn't have gone and served. And when I went and served, guess what happened? I was getting served. I was getting blessed. I was the one experiencing a, this connection that I'd never conne- experienced before. And so I, go, I look at that and I go, man, um, Abby, I saw Abby and Vince are back from, from South Africa. And we're gonna be going to South Africa. I am excited about this trip because Abby knows exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to when you go to serve and these kids serve you in in response. So we're gonna be a church that serves. We're gonna be a church that, you know, hey, maybe for you, you take that next step and you go, I'm gonna start serving in the church. You know know what I started doing in the church? I was on the the, uh, teardown team. And I wrapped cords. That's what I did as a, as a ministry. You know what was cool about that? I got discipled. I was a brand-new believer. I got to hang out with these older believers, and we would just have these conversations. so in the midst of serving, I was being discipled. Talk about being blessed. And so where there's, there's so many different opportunities just here in this church to serve. Uh, we've got people right now that are they're teaching the kids and they take that job seriously and they're back there with their lessons and they're sharing the love of Christ with the kids. That's a huge way of serving. Um, I look at people, there was a group that came out here and they they blew all the leaves out and they've just serving all day in the parking lot. There's those that serve through their gifted, giftedness. And some of you are really friendly and welcoming and you serve people and they make people feel welcome when they come into the church. There's so many different ways that people serve through hospitality, through being out on the parking lot and, and, and being on that, um, that parking team. Just, I can go over all the different opportunities. But here's the thing, sometimes in our culture, we just feel like we're so busy, we can't serve. And, and I just wanna encourage you. Take that step of faith and guess what? You'll be met with a blessing from God. Jesus said, you will be blessed if you do these things. And and, and I love what Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon says this. He says, if there is a position in the church where the worker will have to toil hard and get no thanks for it, take it and be pleased with it. If you can perform a service which few will ever seek to do themselves or appreciate when performed by others, yet occupy it with holy delight. He says, man, if there's a position, too, like where you're like, I have a friend. Um, he's got a leadership team. And you know what he makes? Is, he makes everybody, they're on like a rotational basis um, in their church. He makes everybody on their leadership team clean the toilets. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's pretty hardcore. But I, it's, it's true. It's like, wow, that's pretty biblical. And so, don't worry, I'm not gonna make you guys clean the toilets today. You guys are, okay. Well, as I close, um, and I look at this idea of Jesus loving us to the full extent, you know, all of us need to humble our hearts to experience the, the, the serving of Jesus. And what Jesus does for us is he pours his, His blood into a basin. And it's in that basin that he pours his blood into our souls. And as a result, what Jesus does is he takes the dirtiest and the grimiest parts of our hearts and our souls, and he makes them clean by his sacrifice on the cross. And and right now, tonight, today, maybe there's some areas of your heart, maybe you've never given your heart in life to Jesus Christ. This is the day that you just say, Lord, I'm humbling my heart. I'm gonna allow you to love me to to the full extent so I can experience grace, so you would remove my shame and you would remove my guilt and you would take away all the regrets and I can just live in freedom. You see, some of our hearts look like the disciples' feet and he wants to wash you clean today. And I wanna invite you into a relationship with Jesus. I wanna invite you to experience that washing. Maybe you're like Peter, you're like, no, 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 you're not gonna wash my, you're not gonna say me, Lord, I I can do this on my own. And Jesus is saying, no, let me wash you, let me cleanse you. And so let's um, go to him in prayer right now and allow him to do that. Father, thank you for your love for us and sending your son, Jesus. And Lord, maybe there's somebody here today that would pray this prayer right now. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross in order to take away the dirty parts of my life. The sin and the guilt, take it and wash it clean. I receive that gift today and I invite you to come into my life. Thank you, Lord, for leaving us an example of what it likes, looks like to serve you. And, and Lord, thank you that you modeled humility. Lord, help us and help me to grow in humility and to serve like you. Thank you, Lord, that you, you're the only one that can wash us clean and make us whole. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.